I don't have one sad story. This crowd that wants to complain about being saved and complain about the church and complain about, oh no. Mm -mm. I look around and see a lot of older saints in here. And you've got more years on me and more experience on me. But in 27 years of knowing the Lord Jesus, he's never one time failed me. Like I say it this way, not that he's, not that I expect him to fail me, but he's never one time done away with me when I should have been done away with. I was said this morning I was talking about failure a little bit and man if the Lord was going to do away with anybody he should have been done with me a long time ago. I don't have any sad stories tonight. He's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I just say this if I was going to quit tonight I don't even know where I'd go. You see, because where I came from, there's nothing, there's nothing back there. There's just nothing back there. This is it. Pretty excited about it. I thank God for it, saving me. Saved. What a joy. You know how many people in this world don't even know what that means? But you do. You do. The Lord give me the privilege to preach His Word. To stand in some great places. got to pastor the first church I pastored where he pastored his first church. We didn't plan all that. The Lord just did it. In the midst of all that, God was working on my end, but God was also working on Brother Jack's end. And you know what God let me do? God let me follow a great, great man of God. Two great men of God. I don't know. I didn't preach what I took this morning. I may not get what I brought tonight. Let me say this to the church. That's, he's my friend. But he didn't ask me to say anything. And I, I think you know me better than that. But you hear me tonight, what you got doesn't come a dime a dozen. What you have here is a treasure. I'll say, oh, here we go. Well, there's the door. Not trying to be mean, I'm just telling you tonight, you've got a man of God that cares about you and your family. I've heard him pray for you. I've heard him call most of you his names. I've heard him brag on you. 
He loves this place. And you ought to love him and his wife. I know you do, but I'm just admonishing you tonight. I'm, I want you to know you've got a real man of God here. Don't take him for granted. The Lord give me the opportunity to stand in his pulpit. Remember him calling me and I thought, what in the world would Brother Pendergrass be doing calling me? And we merged those two churches and I got to stand in a place where great men have stood. Sometimes it overwhelms me because I know I shouldn't be in the place I'm in. Your husband was saved there. Is that right? At Morningside. Pastored the church two times. Brother Jack put a stop to all that voting once a year on the preacher. Appreciate that. Don't take it for granted. This life, this Christian life, live it. Live for God. Serve the Lord. Honor God with your life. I don't know what to preach. I, I left five sermons in the truck. One of them's really on my heart. Don't turn there, I'll catch you up to speed. John 11, Jesus is, uh, Lazarus has died. And they've sent for the Lord, but he, he doesn't come right away. But you know what we're reminded of in that text? Three times the Bible said, Jesus loved Lazarus. And Jesus loved Mary and Martha. And three times, if I'm not mistaken, it's said in that text that he loved them. But you know, sometimes love has its own timing. He didn't come right away. Sometimes it has its own language. He didn't say what you thought he might have said to them once he got there. It has its own emotion. The Bible said Jesus wept. I thought about preaching tonight on Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Sometimes you can't feel it. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. You say, well, how do you know he loves you tonight? Because in that book he told me that he loved me. Sometimes you're just going to have to trust what he says to you. Jesus gets down there at Lazarus' grave. There's three commands that he gives. Number one, he said, take away the stone. They're like, well, Lord, you know, he's in there and he's been dead four days and he's stinking by now. And it's amazing he looked at that crowd and I don't know who took the stone away, but the Bible plural said they, they rolled the stone away. 
sometimes in our life we're looking for a miracle from God when a miracle is not what we need. You see, Jesus put a responsibility on those people that day when he got to the grave. It was going to take a miracle if Lazarus was coming out of there, but it didn't. they didn't need a miracle for that stone to be removed. But the stone did stand in the way of what God wanted to do, of what the Lord Jesus wanted to do. It stood between Jesus and a miracle being done on that afternoon. You know what I fear tonight? That a lot of us have some stones in our life that are standing between us and what God really wants to do both in and through us. Don't take a miracle to get a stone out of your life. Jesus looked at that crowd and said, remove it. Get it out of the way. I could preach tonight for just a few minutes on the stone that stands in the way. You got any stones in your life tonight? I'll see for y'all it would be different. Different stones at your age than it would be for somebody like me. But stones nonetheless. Heavy and hard. Heavy and hard. It's where we get to, Brother Tim, the... The, the, the problem is we don't lay aside the weight, the sin, and the, those things that weigh us down. When we don't lay them aside, they get bigger and bigger and they get harder and harder to remove. The stone that stands in the way. He gave another command. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He was very specific. This, that first command, he was just like, get the stone. Somebody get it. Y'all move it. And somebody did. But on this time, he was very specific. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Here's what I believe. Had he just said, come forth, everybody would have got up. Everybody would have got up. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. So not only is there a stone that stands in the way, but there's a sermon that's got to be obeyed. You know what Lazarus didn't do, Brother Goosby? He didn't, I mean, I'm a, he's laying there and he's all bound up. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, obviously he, he didn't stand up, but under the power of God, he's up. You know, he didn't say, hey, Lord, I appreciate you thinking about me and all, but I, I think I'm just going to stay right here where I'm at. That would have been a crazy thing to do, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't like graveyards, much less being in a grave. But he didn't say that. He came out. There's a sermon that's going to have to be obeyed in your life and mine. I mentioned this this morning. I probably mentioned a little bit of this here, I think, the last time I was here. But let me just skim it. The most powerful thing in the world is that book sitting in your lap. For the word of God is quick and what? Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joint and the marrow is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. It's most, this is the most powerful thing this side of heaven 
the most powerful thing in the world. But while it's the most powerful thing in the world, it'll never do anything for you if you won't obey it. This is a filler song because I don't know how much we really believe it. We sing it in church, but trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and what? Obey. The most powerful thing in the world will never have an effect on your life if you don't purpose in your heart to obey it. You know what Lazarus did? He came out of there. Oh, I could go into a bunch of stuff about how God created you and me. We're not robots. We have a choice. We, God, give us the ability to choose. God's not a Calvinist. What'd you do with your pastor's sermon this morning? You do anything with it? What'd you do with the one on Wednesday night? What are you going to do with these that's coming up in revival? What what are you going to do? Have you have you done any devotional reading this year? We're three days in. Have you taken any time for God? Have you used the most powerful thing in the world in your life? You still got all them books? And books don't mean a thing. And books don't mean a thing if you ain't going to do something with the book in your life. Let me tell you why lives ain't changed. It's because people will not trust what that Bible says. Lazarus come forth. You know where Eddie came forth? Here it is. I'm done. There's a stone that stood in the way. There's a sermon that had to be obeyed. Now this is the one I've not preached at the church yet. Those are messages I'm just giving you. There's some straps that had to be taken away. The next command is this, Brother Pendergrass. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Now you say, what do you mean by straps? Well, Back in that day, they, they would bind them up, kind of like a mummy. They would bind them. They would put those spices and things on them. And so when Lazarus came forth, I believe he levitated out of there. I, I, don't, I don't know any other way. He couldn't have walked out of there because Jesus said, loose him and let him go. But he's bound, hands down by, him, by his side. He's bound all the way down to the ankles at least, maybe even around his feet. And the third command is loose him and let him go. There's a, now I'm going to give, I've said all that for alliteration's sake. The, stri, the straps that must be taken away. But when I get home, I'm preaching on this subject. Living loose without losing what you've got. How to live loose without losing what you've got. You see, when you get saved, God gives you a life you could never obtain on your own. In other words, a testimony, which is the greatest thing that you have this side of eternity. 
But see, we're living in a day. You know what? Again, Lazarus, Lazarus didn't call out, Hey, Lord, appreciate you thinking about me. Thanks for coming down here. I know you're four days late, but I appreciate you coming by the grave to see me, but I think I'm just going to stay where I'm at. He was in a dark place. He was in a distant place. He was away from everybody else. He was in a difficult place. Death is a very difficult thing. It's difficult on the person who dies, and it's difficult on those who are left behind. But when he comes out, do you know what he does not do once they loose him? Oh, man. Thank you all. And turn and go right back to where he came from. Listen to me. Used to, we'd preach what I'm preaching to you tonight. We'd say these things in a youth meeting to a bunch of young people. But anymore, you don't just, you don't, you don't, it, you've got to preach this stuff to parents. We're living in a day, and I understand, I'm fixing to say something here. I understand that the reason for some of you, the reason you think you can live loose and live like the world and hold hands with God with one hand and hold hands with the world with the other hand and live loose and live ungodly and still have the touch and the power of God and the blessing of God on your life is because you watch preachers on Facebook do the very thing that I'm preaching against tonight and it seems like they're doing okay with it. Not so. Not so. You hear me. Lazarus, when they loosed him, do you know the very next place you find him? The very next place you see him when they loosed Can I, I read this now. I can't, I'm not going to die on this hill right here. I can't necessarily prove this. But I did read somebody that said this. They said, the text said loose him, not strip him. Had they stripped him, he would have been immodest. He just said, loose him and let him go. You know, the next time we find Lazarus, you know where he's at? John 12, he's sitting at the table with Jesus, fellowshipping with him. See, the Christian life shouldn't, the, the, the unbinding of the Christian life, I have been unbound. I have been loosed. But he didn't loose me so that I could go live a loose life and live how I want to and, and bring shame and reproach upon the name of Christ, upon the church of Christ, upon the things of God and have a testimony that will have no effect on anybody else's life for the glory. He didn't loose me to live loose. He loosed my life so that I would live for him. The very next place you find Lazarus He's sitting with the Lord at supper. It scares me to watch people. They say they get loosed and they run right back to the world. They say they get loose, they run right back to sin. They say they get loose and they want to they wanna push the line. They, wanna, they, they want to walk as close to the line as you possibly can get. You know where they're not having supper? In the graveyard. You know where they're not having a meal? Inside that tomb. They're back down at the house. Fellowshipping together. 
You see, when you get loose from sin, when God looses you from the chains that bind, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be a desire inside of you to go live like the world. I understand, listen to me, I understand that you can give in to the flesh. I understand that you can backslide. But you hear me tonight. There's something wrong, friend, with people who all they want to do is see how far they can push the limit, how loose they can live and get away with it. I'm not recovering from anything. You listen. This crowd has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I appreciate the fact that you got some fire about what you said tonight. Everybody don't have to testify like he did. But what I'm saying is, you got saved at seven? How old are you? 21. 21 and got saved at seven. I'm glad you didn't stand up and say something like this. Well, well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm saved in church. I mean, I, you know, um, I, I could be anywhere, but I'm, I'm glad I'm here. You got saved at seven. Saved from a life of sin. Kept from all of those things. I'm so glad you're excited about it. I'm so tired of hearing people stand up and it's like they've got to stand up and they're at the doctor's office having to give a disclosure about their life and, and, they're, tell, and, and they're depressed about it. See, for some, you didn't come from where I come from. And you better be careful. I'm going to tell you something. Don't ever get over somebody back... Somebody, one of these brothers back here said it. About get, I, no, 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 no. It was you, sir. I can't, you kept saying, I can't get over it. I can't, wasn't that you that said that? I wanted to just jump up and yell, I don't want you to get over it. Don't ever get over it. If everybody around you gets over it, you don't have to get over it. And you don't have to live loose. You don't have to be carnal. Some of you running around doing things, you're just hoping the preacher ain't going to find out about it. It's coming. It'll show, it's already shown up on you. Don't make me get personal. It's already showing up. Just because he ain't got up and called your name and just because everybody else ain't saying something about it doesn't mean that everybody don't know it. Where's that glow of God in your life? That touch of God. The power of God. You, you, listen, you can dress up. I don't care, ma'am, if your dress drags the ground and I don't care if you've got the right haircut, sir, and all those things are right and, and fine in their place. But you hear me. There is something that you cannot produce. You cannot produce what only God can give you on the inside. You can't produce that. There's no way. That shows up quicker than anything. 
got a generation that's trying to live loose. Live as loose as they can without getting caught up with. This generation, Jesus would have said, loose him and let him go. And the Lazarus of this generation would have turned right back around and went in that went in that tomb to see if he could live for God somehow and justified every minute of it. Well, I'm going to go in here and see if I can't win somebody. You know, I know it's dark and I know it's distant and I know it's difficult in here, but I believe I can. Oh, you're going to be the one that's been able to do it when nobody else down through the eons of time has been able to do it. We've got to be loosed. But Jesus doesn't loose you so you can go live a life of lasciviousness. I'm going to say this, preacher, and I'm done. I'm sorry, I blew it. They gave me a check when I walked in the door. Man, I didn't even have to. I started to turn around and leave and go to the restaurant. I I thought, praise God. I didn't come for a check. Did you hear me? Standards are still right. Convictions are still right. Holiness is still right. None of those things are curse words. It doesn't make you a legalist to live right. It doesn't mean you're a Pharisee if you live right and live clean and live holy. The only men and preachers that trumpet that are men who are living in it themselves and all they want is a crowd to come along with them to make them feel good about how they're living in their sin. This loose living. I don't blame the pew. I blame, not this one, but I blame the pulpit. Social media has been the worst enemy we've ever had in America and in the church. Brother Goolsby, this generation's watching preachers who claim to be independent Baptists, fundamental. And hey, I'll just be honest with you. Some of them got enough charisma, they can really, and they seem like they can really preach. But it wouldn't matter if they went to selling used cars, they could do that too. Or anything else they wanted to sell. There's been some preachers doing this for a long time. That's all they are, salesmen. And that's why you've watched them go where the wind's blown them to. Don't make me call their name. I'm not at home. I'm trying to respect the pastor. And I'm also spending out of his house, and I don't want to hear it after church. Loose living. We sing that song, He Set Me Free. But you wouldn't know it in a lot of people's lives. If a man is set free from sin, why would he want to go back and dabble in it, live in it? Oh, we may give in, we may lose some battles, but to just go wallow in it, to tiptoe all around it. I'm done right here. 
I was, uh, I had somebody, a new family in the church, and he's, he's got a farm and cattle, and, and, and he's got a trucking business. Part of what he does, Brother Laddie, is that he, he uh, I don't know how to say this in a, in a real nice way in front of everybody, but um, they spray stuff on fields. Is anybody with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's, it's real, it's not perfume, honey. It's, it's, yes. So one day he's taking me around his farm and he's showing me, you know, all, and, he, and we get down to this one area and it comes down into a dip and come around the corner there and uh, go through a gate and he backs up next to this big round concrete pit. Well, there's the cattle standing up here, and I noticed they're in kind of a different, they're, they're not in a barn, they're just in this place eating. But there's these um, drains underneath the cattle. Well, I didn't know the drains are hooked to the pit. Now, some of y'all are coming along with me, because I've seen some of y'all go, oh, oh. He backed that, that uh, whatever we're in, up next to that uh, pit, And I turn, and I'm, I'm telling you, preacher, I was about to die. Now, I wasn't going to say anything to him because I didn't want him to think I was weak. But I was praying, God, please. And he just got like, he's just easing around, opening the gate, goes back, closes the gate. He's taking his time, sits back down in this little thing we're in. He's talking, just like, you know, like look at the scenery. I'm like, I'm not worried about the scenery. I am dying here. I mean, I'm, I'm listening. I'm like, I mean, I'm about to throw up. Brother Pendergrass, when I left, and well, he told me what that was after we get started. And then he's laughing at me like, ha, ha, you know, you may take you over. That was the cattle pit. They got a hog house that does the same thing. And he said, that's worse than that. I said, no, 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 I'm good. I don't need... we left there, all I could smell was that pit. It was in my nose. It was on my clothes. If I was Dr. Seuss, I'd make all that rhyme, but I can't. <laughs> but it was, I mean, I could not get away from that stink. He's used to it. And I thought I was, because when I was a teenager, my dad, going into my teenage years, built two chicken houses. Just for me. Now, I never made a dime off of them. He built them to build character in my life. Because, <laughs> because every day I had to go in them chicken houses. I'm picking up dead chickens. I'm working on this. I'm working on that. And it will take your head off. That ammonia will at times and all that stink. So I thought I was a pretty tough guy until he backed up next to that pit. I ain't tough. I ain't afraid to tell you I ain't tough. I never want to see a pit like that again. I don't want to be within 100 yards of a pit like that again. I mean, it was on me. You know what people don't understand? They think they can take the pit until they get around it. And they, people sometimes, they'll get so close. They won't get in it. But they get so close that it gets on them. And everybody else but them, they can smell that stench. I'm like looking at them like, what's wrong with you? 
And you wonder why people, you're not as close to people as you used to be. And you wonder why people are distancing themselves from you. And you think it's everybody else. No, look up here. It ain't everybody else. It's you. You stink. You've got stink on you. See, you started living loose with your life. You're not paying attention to what's going on around you. You've dropped your standards and your convictions. You, you, the things don't mean as much to you as what they used to. And so you're just going to live your way and nobody's going to tell you what to do. And before long, nobody will be able to stand to be around you because everything's going to stink so bad. Living loose without living loose. Jesus didn't set you free to go live however you please. To live a lustful, lascivious life. He saved you so that you would bring glory and honor to His name. I don't want to stink. I want to shine for the Lord. I want to... I want him to be able to use my life for his honor and glory. We're standing all over the building. Lord, I've tried to do what you told me to do. I pray you'd take and just, would you do something big with something small? And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. They're getting a song ready. There's some, some, some loosing that needs to take place probably in here tonight. You need to turn loose and you need to let the Lord loosen you from some things that are binding your life. But understand this, He doesn't loose anybody so they can live a loose life, a life of lasciviousness, carnality, worldliness he looses you that you might live for him to bring glory to his name she's playing softly would you come a stone that must be rolled away you say preacher I'm not seeing God do anything in my life let me ask you something are you fulfilling your responsibilities we're looking for miracles when it's when really he doesn't have to perform a miracle. There's just some things that you and I are responsible for. And then there's a sermon that must be obeyed. What are you doing with the word of God in your life? Are you hungry for it? Are you letting it change you, mold you, make you? Are you living off opinions, ideas? feelings does the word of God have any preeminence in your life then there's some straps that have to be taken away so that you can live you're not bound up live for God don't let carnality dominate your life you know what they bound him up in preacher they they, they, they bind them. One, one of the main reasons they really do all that is to put all that perfume, all those spices there, and then they bind them up so they don't stink. But I'm going to tell you something. Things that are dead stink. I don't care how you try to hide it. 
how you try to cover it up. You can try all you want to. The thing to do tonight is just let the Lord loose you that you might live for Him. Lord Jesus, please bless these that have come, others that need to come. Make much of these thoughts in Jesus' name.